Welcome to Pals Pulls. Uh, we got the uh, the threesome on deck. Hey, hey, don't say that to Marco. Um, no. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Sorry, my uh, my cat's very needy today, so I am. You, he will make an appearance probably. That's not unusual, Marco. It's not. Um, my cat will not make an appearance because he's a good boy and leaves me alone to do my work. Well, he, this guy does not at all. And uh, I'm Sean, and we are here to talk about four of the biggest releases in the week. Uh, we've got Dark Crisis now on Infinite Earths. Wow. Number four. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> Batman 127 and Immortal X-Men number six. Now, first of all, I am not happy. Oh, I'm sorry. And also the listener pick this week uh the most voted book alien number one uh alien Ooh. volume two number one um don't have that in front of me physically because uh it was voted on after i made my trip to my pilgrimage mm. to midtown comics so i didn't wasn't able to get that physically and boy do i have things to say about that um <laughs> i hate digital comics <gasps> how dare you oh, wait, hold on fact, hold on how dare you well i i would go as far as to say that i will never again read a digital comic for this show i will abstain uh-oh then you guys if gotta get use comicsology <laughs> to read it i'm not reading it you guys uh -oh, gotta put gonna... in your listener picks early then <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's gonna affect my uh my my comics tag i think <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm on vacation next week, so no. you could tag me if you want to. Oh, but... damn, that's right. Damn. Wait so a minute. Know what I'll all do? my choice. I was gonna pick Kale first. I'm like, all right, I'll default to Sean because like I know I can get him to read something. Like Tyler, figure something out. You know what I'll do, Marco? If you really want to tag me, mm -hmm. I will record a voice message. No. Okay. No. You're all on right. vacation. Yeah. I'll I'll do it before I leave. I'm leaving on uh, I'm leaving on Wednesday. Next Wednesday. No, 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 no. Take a vacation. Take a vacation. Even though I'm going to the beach tomorrow and I'm going to be on the show. Uh, uh, the I beach. told you, man. <laughs> I'll do the show alone. No, 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 no. That's on me. That's on me. The, the other two guys, they got their uh, their notices in sooner than me. So I will <laughs> do a nice uh, little 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 beach stream on Saturday. That's fine. I don't, I don't usually wake up on, the, on uh, my vacation until like noon anyway. So like I'm not losing beach time. All right. I'm good. All right. I might be um, eating alive on air, though. So, ASMR stream on Saturday, guys. Get ready. What, Let's wait, get it. What are you gonna eat? Oh, I eat. I I, I slurping. I'm slurping on clams twenty four seven when I'm on the shore. So I'm, here's, I'm slamming that clam. I'm slamming them. What you shouldn't do is say slurping. Oh That's no, I'm doing that on that, purpose. Right. You should probably remove that from your vocabulary. Slurping on a moist oyster. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Well, if you guys want to support the show uh, and find us all over the place, there are many ways that you can contribute to what we're doing here. Uh, Patreon.com slash the comics pals is probably the best way to do that. Um, for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to our newsletter. Uh, and there's a lot of other cool stuff up there as well, including Palling Around, which are, is our Patreon exclusive show. And 
you get access to cool nicknames, superhero, supervillain nicknames. So there's lots of cool stuff going on over there. Uh, for my newsletter this week, I talked about the man or the man. Oh, God. oh the the, uh, the they, the myth, the legend, Grant Morrison. Oh, okay. The human, the human. Uh, actually, the I'm not human. even sure that's true. I'm not even sure that's true. The the individual. Yeah. The individual, the myth, the legend, Grant Morrison. Sean, are you picking up Luda? You know what? I saw that on the shelf at Midtown, and I... Oh, really? I, uh, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? I don't know, because I didn't really care for um, the other book he put out, Super Super, Gods. Super God. Really? Okay. Yeah. This one's about uh, drag queens. Yeah. That's so, right up your alley. Interesting. I mean, it, honestly, it looks like if somebody like Taylor made a book for me, they got you know something I'm interested in, and then literally one of my favorite writers of all time. Uh, I might need to try and get that. Might be a good beach read. Maybe I should try and figure out how to get that today after the show. Should grab it. You know what? Thank you, me, for coming up with that idea. So. Good stuff. Hey, I just bought um, Fantastic Four Full Circle. Oh, I, uh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Yes, in print, Mark. After his tirade, when you could when you could have it digitally and access it from the comfort of your oh, beach yeah, without yeah. having to oh, worry yeah. about getting it dirty. Oh, I don't mind uh, saying my books. And and then oh. and then not physically have access to the gorgeous artwork of Alex Ross. Only a pleb would do such a thing. But enough about Marco. Uh, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash/TheComicsPals. Thank you guys so much for getting us over 600 subs. That's really meaningful to us. We've been working hard on that, and it uh, feels good to see that you know you guys are into what we're doing and continuing to support, so thank you so much. Uh, Book Club, Batman, White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, out right now. Show that some love. Uh, TikTok, check out our TikToks, Tyler's TikTok Corner. Um, <laughs> and uh, join our Discord server. There's a link to that in anything we do. Let's get into the reviews. We'll start with Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number four. Uh, I should say, I'm sorry. DC's limited uh-huh. event series, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number four. Of there seven. Of seven. <laughs> By Joshua Williamson, Daniel Samper, Alejandro Sanchez, Tom Napolitano. Uh, first of all, um, this was my book of the week. I am very high on this event. Hmm. I think this event is great. Um, hmm. There were a lot of things that I really enjoyed about this comic book. I'm. It's not my book of the week, but it was much better. And I, I feel like I, alongside Tyler, have been very down on this series. And this brought me back in. It, it reeled me in, um, especially, I think, the upfront parts where we're getting a bit more of the explanation as to what the worlds are, what the individual worlds are, um, the sort of plan of attack, how some of these individual, uh, the the Gar and uh, the Beast Boy and, and Nightwing stuff was a really good emotional beat. Got a little bored at the end, but uh, I thought I thought the rest of this was pretty good. My my first. Uh, the first thing I want to say about this book is uh, Sam Pear. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dude's art is good. This Phenomenal. is just like good quality DC event art. Um, 
this is up there with like the even rices of uh of dc um it's it's just mm. gorgeous um but i don't really know what's going on you know it, i feel like it's getting so wrapped up in the multiversity of it all where it's throwing these um very not to quote Doctor Who, but like timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff, but what, whatever that is for the multiverse uh, at me. And I, I don't really know what's going on. So I, I know like the Justice League, they are, you know, spoilers for this book, but they're on these different uh, Earths made for them that were that are about as perfect as possibly can be, um, which is help powering Pariah's machine, which is then creating the new multiverse. Am I mm-hmm. yeah. getting yep. that? Okay. Um yeah, so if that if I'm getting that correctly, then I'm I'm kind of bored. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just um, I don't know what the stakes are. Like, there's no real stakes here for me. Because um, if the stakes were like, oh, that you know somebody may die, the Justice League may die, they already killed them off the first, you know, uh, first issue. So are the stakes the multiverse is at, you know, uh, at stake? But they're just creating a new one, so like. I don't know where my emotion should be, really, with this. Um, yeah, there, there's a, there's there's good quiet moments. I think, especially like the the Nightwing. Um, um, uh, Sean, tell me the Green Lantern's name. Sorry, I almost said Al uh, Green. That is that is not right. Oh, Alan, Alan, <laughs> Alan Grant. Alan Grant. Uh, Alan Grant. Yeah, no. no, that's Jurassic Park. No, no, it? not Alan Grant. Um, <laughs> oh my God, uh, I'm blanking. Uh, original JSA Green, Green Lantern. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have the button right now. Um, JSA Green Lantern. Ellen um, Scott. There, there we go. go. A man with two names. There we go. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks, Cal. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's um. Wait a second. Like, Why is Kale in the chat <laughs> but not on the show? Like, does anybody else feel like it's multitasking? What it- yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll respond. He'll respond. He'll have a sassy <laughs> remark. <laughs> he's just berating you in the chat um yeah like uh like those moments i enjoy um i enjoyed the the moments of black adam you know confronting the legion of doom before it just turned into a uh, typical mcu end of movie giant fight scene um but uh yeah there are bits in here that i like but overall i don't really know the the thing that kept me going was beyond the uh the swampy cameos i i I want to hear you talk about that once the um once the action sequences started i got um, i was like all right you get it um but then the reveal of a new multiverse that was interesting to me that was interesting to me because i i think we've always been we've always had this conception of just the one multiverse and now we have what is it the um the omniverse the hyperverse what is it called um uh, omniverse omniverse and uh, now once i'm a s- sean is your mic close to you you're a little low. yeah it's right in front of my face oh, okay all right sorry i Hello? was having a little trouble hearing you but okay marco am i low to you a little bit how about now that's good yeah all yeah right. cool um and it that's interesting to me because now let's say we have multiple omniverses i don't know how that plays out and what that means and that's a good question for me i'm i'm interested in that kind of a 
that kind of a story. I'm interested in that kind of a device. And it made me genuinely ask like, huh, how are the, what, is, what does this mean? And what are the implications here? And um, I'm glad that I had that question arise. And similarly, those emotional beats kept me along with the book. Marco, you've not read a crisis before, right? No, sir. Okay. So I can see how you're, you're getting that out of it. Um, yeah. For me, having read every crisis, this is what happens in every crisis. It's either the multiverse gets destroyed or remade. So it's just like, all right. <laughs> is this uh, what my, a crisis is at this point? You know? But my understanding is it's not even it's not even getting reborn. He's just making a new one. He's making a separate one uh, that is divorced from this current multiverse that we're all existing in, where Captain Carrot is, where President Superman is. Like, all of that is separate and now there's a new one that we have to even consider and think about so that is to me all like secondary so tyler said you know he's not sure what the emotional um core is and i feel like the emotional core is stopping um deathstroke and saving their friends you know, saving the league that's lost. Um, what Pariah is doing is crazy, and he's a crazy guy, so they have to stop him. But to me, that's not the primary focus of this particular book. Um, and I think that you know, if you want, if you want a plot that's very focused on this is what's happening right this is like the big thing then i could see how that being secondary uh is a problem but for me i was here for a lot of the character stuff that i think was phenomenal joshua williamson is flexing his knowledge of the way these characters ought to be written that in even that initial like flash how interaction that two pager that was good was yeah. really good yep really good and it looks great. That helps a lot. But I think a lot of the dialogue is strong, man. I really do. I, I, I did pop when Detective Chimp showed up. I'm a big Detective Chimp guy. So seeing him come back, I was like, yeah, and he's depressed and a drunk again. It's great. Oh, is that a part of his character? Uh, a bit. His character is essentially, I'm a, I'm a mystical arts kind of, kind of guy, but all my friends die because I can't do my job correctly. Damn, um, so he's a monkey Constantine? Yeah, but he's friends with Constantine. And, but Constantine has less guilt than he does. Ooh, he's okay. Constantine with guilt, essentially, really. Uh, and a nice sword. Uh, Marco, how'd you feel about both Swamp Things showing up in this? So I in that continuity. Was that was interesting. Uh, I mean, they technically exist, and we saw that sure. in um, the, was it the Ram B stuff? Yeah. And I'm, I was kind of hyped for that. I like the, the design, the... Um, I was trying to, I was trying to like figure out though if they were both, um, if, if they were both, uh, what's his face, um, Alec Holland, because I don't know that the new one up front is necessarily uh, Levi, because he had a different design. This looks like the new Fifty Two version. Hmm. The and the one with the longer hair looks like the fu the um, not the Future's End. Which is the one that we read? The one with the long hair is the Justice League Dark one. That's the one that's okay, constantly yes. been in Justice League Dark, which yeah, has been yeah. Alec Holland. 
So my assumption was Levi was the one up front because he mentions like, hey, I haven't really been doing this for too long. But see, I thought it was the New 52 version because that's the same kind of style that was that was um, drawn by Yannick and um, sure. Uh, I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, oh, my God. I'm forgetting who it was afterwards. Charles but uh, not yeah, The Charles Soul stuff. I'm forgetting the artist. Yeah. But um, that K- that Kano? looked like was it? I think it was mm. Kano on art. Back no, I'll, I'll I'll try to pull it up real quick. Okay. But uh, so, and I assume that be, he was new because in that in that version he just re became he was just reborn, and that that kind of makes sense because that ties into um, Black as Night, and he's restarting his life as Swamp Thing again. Am I nuts, or is that not the same? Um color scheme that levi has in uh for the word bubble the right? book yeah yeah no, I, it, I it's usually check. all it's usually all orange it should always be orange the, the fact that there's a difference in color looked a little odd because even in in uh the uh, the levi stuff it was still orange it was orange and it was had the dots whereas the dots that did that didn't happen in the new 52 stuff hmm all right. Well, um, in any event, I need to talk about. Well, first, I should say what actually happens in this book. We haven't really said what happens. Uh, so this issue gives us a little bit more of an idea of what is going on with the with the worlds of the Justice League. Um, the individual members essentially are all trapped in these worlds that were created for them um, so that they won't want to leave so that they'll stay and continue to fuel the engine that is creating all of these new worlds. Flash and Hal are on a mission um, to obviously stop this. And there's a great interaction between those two up front. Um, I feel like I only ever read those characters these days in events. So whenever there is an event, I'm looking for moments with characters that I don't read uh, monthly. So I was happy about that. Um, on the other end of that, you know, there's a great scene between Nightwing and and as we as we mentioned, Alan Scott. It's a fantastic scene. Nightwing is struggling to accept that the role for him is a leadership role, um, and that in order for the good guys to win, he has to step up. I love what this series is doing for Nightwing. I I think it's been great. Nightwing is the main character of DC. He's he is their Spider-Man. And he should be in this role. This is fantastic. I mean, I'm with you on that. You know, that like I said, like that that Alan Scott thanks, Kel, um uh, uh bit with Nightwing telling him how he is the original you know, uh, I guess continuation of, of the Justice League. Yeah. He, he's the, the true heir, I guess, in a way, to, to leading the Justice League. Um, and it, in, in, in telling Nightwing in a way where, like, it, it's not necessarily what he wants to hear right now because in his mind he's failed. One of his best mm. friends is technically on death's door, um, and he's failed him. Um, and it's nice because I think Nightwing is that character to then kind of rally the younger generation. I mean, it's what he was doing in, in Titans uh, uh, Academy. Right. Um, but I'm specifically thinking of, like, John Kent. You know, their relationship is 
integral in, in the John Kent book, the Nightwing book, and in, in this as well. Even like the Zero-ish that we had for this. Um, there was like a, a big part of that as well. Um, so knowing in my heart of hearts that, uh, that Dick Grayson is going to be the hero of a crisis, like that's exciting. Cause if it's the role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just because Al, Alan Scott's an old fart, um, him being at one of, uh, 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 Nightwing's, uh, Dick Grayson's, uh, parents trapeze, uh, acts once yeah. being able to talk about that. I thought that was great. That was a great, uh, a bit to it too. Yeah. Oh, that felt a little cheesy for me. Like he, like he happened to be in Gotham city that whenever they were in town or something and, or wherever they were performing. They had a, they had a residency, I believe, in uh, in Harley Circle or something like that. It, it was Haley You could have gone. Yeah, yeah. You could have gone there to see them. They had a residency. It was a. It was the Flying Graysons was like like headliners. Like go. It's like going to see Ringley, you know, Barlam and Bailey, sure. or something like that. Like like. Everyone does it. It's a rite of passage. Almost. No, I don't. I don't fuck with clowns. Same. Me neither. But I'm hyperventilated when I saw one once. But or like going to see the Rockettes. The point is that in Gotham, that was like you know the a thing. thing, just is like f- many other states. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other scene, my, my this was amazing to me, was whenever the Flash and Hal ended up on the Batman planet. The steampunk Batman. Cool. Oh my god! That's Batman's perfect world. Is steampunk really? That was Bruce kind of silly. Bruce Wayne's a steampunk fan. He's like, probably loves Firefly and shit like that too. <laughs> it looked amazing. Like, just you know, if you guys are watching, um, look at that Batman design and, and the way he's sitting there perched on the wire. He throws gears. His yeah. batarangs are gears. That's amazing. I love this. And like, does it make sense? No, but they they got this in, and I'm glad. Like when you know when you get your shit in, you got to get your shit in in a crisis event. Mm-hmm. You when you when you get the pen for an event, you have to throw everything that at it. And clearly, Joshua Williamson was like, "Yo, wouldn't it be really cool if there was a steampunk Batman?" And they just did it. Like, yeah, now this is part of canon. I like how these are supposed to be like the the ideal worlds for these heroes, and uh, Batman's is strangely steampunk. Um, is Aquaman's that's he's a Lovecraftian <laughs> uh, yeah, squid I saw face that. guy? Like that's what he thinks is ideal. And uh, Hal Jordan's is just a police state apparently. So um, it says a lot about Hal Jordan, I guess. Well, this isn't no, this isn't Hal's world. This is oh, uh, I guess Stewart's that's world. Oh, that even says a lot about John Stewart then. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> um, which we saw in the Worlds Without a Justice true, League, true. Hal Jordan yeah, yeah. issue. Right. Um, and then we also have, as as was mentioned, the big fight. But but before the fight, there is a meeting of the minds. It's the Legion of Doom. Black Adam goes to them, and he's pleading with them for help. And it's an interesting scene because in the minds of the Legion, particularly Lex, he's believing that Black Adam has turned a corner and is ready to be bad again. And that's why he's come to them. But in reality, you know, Black Adam very likely just wants them to help him save the world. He actually right. cares. Um, and he's coming from a more earnest place, even though he's not necessarily trying to show them that. 
So I thought that that was a good scene with a little tinge of complexity to it. And come on, Gorilla Grodd was Big amazing. Fan. Like Big I can fan. almost hear him. I love whenever they go to the classic Legion of Doom headquarters. Like, yeah, iconic place. We should do a ranking of like comic book locations. I think that would be a fun Ooh. one. Um, like Baxter Building, Legion of Doom headquarters. Like, I, I I like this idea. This just came to me, and I like it. Thanks, beer. Um, but uh, anytime you can see like all those villains like together, and they're kind of just like hanging out. Um, even though they're, they're they're doing very democratic stuff, they're they're it's essentially it. a city council meeting um, for for villains. Um, I always wish, I always get happy when I see Toy Man there, like specifically like Super Friends Toy Man who looks like a jester. Like that's that's kind of one of my favorites. Um, but I I did like that bit too. Like like I agree. Like this book is super cool. Like I think cool is a good word to describe this book. Um, I just don't love it yet. I really like it. But I'm not sure I love it yet. I think, but there's a lot of cool scenes. I will agree with that. Well, you got three issues left to fall in love. Um, I, do, I thought I this was question, awesome. Though. Yeah. So at the end of this, we get the the infinite Earths again. He drops the name, right? He he says the thing. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. pointing at scream meme. Um, shouldn't issue five then be Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths? Because technically, the name drop only happens at the end here. So like. Come on, guys. If you're going to play with the title, play with it right. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, I mean, it's all goofy. It's all silly. Also, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. I neglected to point out my actual favorite moment of the entire book. It's such a small moment. When Lex punches Deathstroke and Deathstroke is on his knees and Lex is giving him the, the pep talk, the come to Jesus talk, <laughs> and he stands behind, he goes behind him and he says... Yes, and I promise you, I will help you. And he's about to blast his head away. That's such a crazy Lex Luthor character he, moment. He's going like, uh, 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 what is it, of Mice and Men style. Like, just, you know, he's just going to get him in the back of the head, put him out of his misery. He's been too much of a hassle. He killed that, you know, that poor woman, you know. That was awesome. That this, felt true to his character. Yeah, exactly. I, I, to me, this has everything that I have been waiting for AXE Judgment Day to have. And hmm. this is huh. this is definitely shaping up to be one of my favorite DC events. One thing I'm noticing, too, about this event is, like, in terms of tie-ins, the main titles are not really tying in. It's mostly, like, you have a Dark Crisis one-shot here or there. Um, I know we have a Swamp Thing one coming up. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's called The Great Darkness, I think. Um, and it had two Swamp Things on the cover. I should have seen that coming. Um, but knowing that, like, this is, and you're liking it, and I look at AXE Judgment Day, where, like, everything is a tie-in to it. Like, all the main titles are tying into it. Um, it's making me see why I like and didn't like some things about big event books that we're kind of going back into. So, hmm. uh, well, to to your point, like the the fact that we don't need that additional context because you and I have not necessarily been high on it, and the fact that we don't need to be reading these side books to actually inform what's going on in the main event is, I think, helpful. 
because then we'd have to, you know, we would we would have to read World Without Justice League Superman or World Without Justice League Batman, et cetera, et cetera, because they would need to provide some sort of story beat or some additional context or something that's going on in the main event. Whereas a lot of those stories were kind of just side moments, like beats with this recontextualized world. And that you can take as its own thing. And this is its own contained thing. And I think I like that much better than some of the Marvel stuff that we've been reading where you AXE, you need AXE, then you have the immortal X-Men stuff. And then you, I don't know, somehow maybe Marauders ties in and whatever the fuck, right? Like that all feels like a lot to get through much more of a slog than if this was just AXE, one event, you get everything you need here. And then Dark Crisis, I can appreciate much more for that. That's funny because even though I'm enjoying AXE Judgment Day less, I love the fact that it has tie-ins. Oh. I'm, I love. Um, we're going to talk about Immortal X Men Six here in a moment, and I love the way that those things are directly informing what's happening in Immortal X Men because it's kind of weird, right? Like you buy Superman. Superman has Superman's not even on Earth in those comics. <laughs> like he's so he far away. Like he's not there right now. Yeah, and it's odd. To me, it's very odd um, when the books don't reflect what's happening in the event. But let's table that because we do have to talk about Batman 127. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, uh, George Jimenez, Clayton Cowles, Tamu Moray. That's the creative team. This is the third issue of the Chip Zdarsky, uh, George Jimenez run. And we are in full swing with Batman Zoran R. In the last issue, we saw Batman activate his failsafe, uh, which, of course, is Zoran R, which goes all the way back to 2008, Batman R.I.P. If you haven't read that, now's a great time, as it's referenced heavily here. It actually gets a little um, a little caption mm-hmm. um, in, this, you, in this book. Do you feel validated about that? Like, we got two captions here when we called it last issue. We're like, oh, this is Tower of Babel and Batman R.I.P. Yeah, and like totally, seeing the, the editor's notes, I was like, man, we're good. Notes. We're good. Yep, we called it. Um, the, uh, I this was my book of the week. Same, same mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Okay. The uh, I, I I haven't yet gotten to Zernar, but the lead up to it and this getting as like a this is a flavor, an early flavor for it. Once he said, "We still have work to do, chum," I'm like. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. I think I get what Zern R is in terms of like the pure Batman, and it it, it felt like for a moment, um, and some of the the dialogue here felt like the um, uh, like a more wacky, maybe seventies, and I, I guess you can tell that from the uh, from the costume design as well. I, I'm this to inform what I'm going to be catching up on reading uh, did wonders for me. So I I, I had a blast with this issue and. and the fact that we got like lightsabers and shit and you got to fight <laughs> fail safe with that. I was all about this book. I'm turning, I'm turning a corner on it. Yeah. I, I really dug it. I, I like the idea that, uh, uh, you know, like Sean, like there, uh, Zarsky's referencing two big Morrison stories here. Uh, in, in Morrison and DC comics, that's my bag, you know, mm-hmm. like th- those are two things I love. Um, so, seeing that in here and seeing how uh, Batman, he, he's struggling in this. And I think that's when there's a good Batman story, when Batman is like over his head. 
and then people are like questioning him. I'm like those are my favorite Batman stories because like you don't really know what's gonna happen because usually most of the time you're in Batman's POV. When Batman's POV is all fucked up, <laughs> sorry to, to you know say that, but like that's when I think he's interesting. It's I always hate when he has too much control over the situation. Like that's sure that's classic Batman, but I like when he doesn't have control and he's trying to figure out and struggling. Um, that's exactly what this is. He he activates Zuranar as his failsafe. And Zuranar is like, yeah, I, I deleted that memory. I don't know how to fix this. So even his failsafe doesn't work. So he has to, like, override his own failsafe at the end of this. And he's just, it's just normal Bruce running around in a purple costume, which is even goofier than I expected. But, but it's fun. <laughs> um, this book has gotten slightly, you know, I say goofy, but, like, this book is slightly goofy. Like, in a good way. It's, it's a little wacky. And, and I think it has that, that Zdarsky flair kind of at its core. And it's overlaid with, like, just pure Batman stuff um, that I'm really liking. I like how it's not really just about Batman. You know, we're getting, you know, pretty much his entire supporting cast here. All mm -hmm. of the, the Robins and Robin-esque types. Um, Superman shows up in this. And Whoa. goddamn, Jimenez draws a good Superman. Just, like, a classic-looking Superman. And, and Zdarsky writes Superman as imposing, really. Uh, really as an equal to Batman. Um, not like this, you know, happy-go-lucky schoolboy that's a little naive. No, this, this, this is Batman's equal. Both mentally and overly physically not as equal. But um, it's cool to see that in this. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes because Batman has really lost kind of control here. And then, like, the Jimenez art on these action scenes are great. Incredible. It takes some wacky angles. Everyone's kind of super kinetic. There's a sense of movement here that's really good. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even say it's like really traditional Batman. It's almost. Marco, am I wrong in saying this? But like, it feels almost anime influenced in a way, in the way everything moves. Um, or maybe <laughs> European is the way I'm way I'm thinking about it. It's just non-traditional noir Batman. I, th I think there are moments. Um, there's a, a moment where uh, Montoya's like uh, just looking at, looking away into the distance, and there's this blur in the background. That feels a little more cinematic, something a bit more European. But I think the kineticism that you're talking about, I can definitely see that as being influenced by anime. Um, I'm in the middle of um, Brotherhood, and there are moments where the art changes where you need to have just looser lines to be able to really describe action and movement. And I think that that's what this book's doing a lot of. It's it's bending a lot. It's using a lot of curves. It's using a lot of yeah. um, blur and and, and just uh, expressing the emotion in 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 things as as much as like a punch. Like, like there are a few moments here where Batman gets punched in the face, where you see his like lips and his yep. cheek bend, but then the mask is also at the same time bending alongside. It. And there's a distortion there. But I I've been enjoying. It. I was down on the art. I think in the first issue. But I'm coming back around on both story and art. This shit's cool. Great use of onomatopoeia, too, in this. Like, the, mm -hmm. the sound effects and stuff. Loving it. So, I was not as high on this issue as you guys. Mm, um, really? Yes. So, I had a few problems. By and large, I think this was a really strong issue. But I had a few problems. First of all, um, I don't necessarily like the return of Zoran R if he's going to be presented like this. When he was presented in R.I.P., that's like a 
that's like a break glass moment. It's not even something that Batman chooses. Um, it's something that happens to him. And it doesn't feel like he's in con- he's not in control. Um, this issue implies that there's a conversation that go that goes on between the Zurinar Batman and Bruce Batman, and I didn't appreciate that. Um, I, that didn't work for me at all. And then also, in R.I.P. And I would definitely say that that Zurinar Batman is presented as goofy, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But he's also very, very dangerous. He's crazy, but he's very dangerous. And it works because um, you know that he's meeting the challenge. They, this is what is required for the situation he's in in that book. Here, it doesn't work. So Zoranar Batman is now a jobber to me. I understand the idea is to get fail-safe to seem like that big of a threat that even Zornar Batman can't deal with this. But duh, of course he can't deal with this. So when Superman has to come and do it, to me, that's where it's like, you know, that big question of like, well, how come Superman doesn't just come and save the day in every comic book? Because it's not about him. This took away from the story being about Batman for me. I don't want to read... I don't want to see Superman come and save the day. Why doesn't he do this all the time? Batman's been in big danger before. Why? Where was Superman? Unless there's a reason for this down the road, I don't like how Batman got fed to failsafe. Zoranar got fed to failsafe. Failsafe gets fed to Superman. What's the point? I think the point is that we get a nice I told you so from Clark Kent in this. Because <laughs> uh, it seems like it's going to, yeah. He's too good a boy to do that. Well, what's no, the I told you? No, he's not. That you shouldn't have come up with these fail-safes for everyone, even yourself. You screwed yourself. You know, Bruce screwed Bruce, in a way. But that's... I like that. Uh... I like that. I saw that smile, Sean. Well, it's because I made a wrestling You know what reference. the smile is? <laughs> the smile is the fact that Batman has been in these situations many times where... I mean, there's literally a book called Batman Murderer. You know, there's so many <laughs> books where Batman allegedly killed somebody and failsafe never activated. So what's different about now than then? Did you guys like the uh, the backup on this? Backup was really good. Backup yeah. was good. Yeah. The, 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 the reveal that, oh, yeah, we know Batman didn't kill Penguin, uh, mostly because Penguin's not dead. So um, tonally, it's very different. Um, but, I'm, but I'm liking those backups, too. Well, that was the last one for this iteration, right? Yeah, now it's going to be uh, Zoranar Year One, so that should be interesting. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Um, I did want to praise the book for some things, too, because, I, I mm-hmm. again, I, I thought it was overall very good. Uh, the highlighting of the relationship between Batman and Robin was awesome and harkens back to the classic line, Batman and Robin will never die, which was one of Grant's... Um, signature lines from R.I.P. and Batman and Robin. In fact, R.I.P. starts with that very line and Batman and Robin uh, includes it. So um, Batman says something to the effect of with with, with Bat- you can't beat Batman and Robin or when they're together, they're invincible. Something something of that nature, um, which which I really appreciated. Uh, and then the fighting 
and the 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 body movements of Zuran R Batman are different than Bruce Batman. Uh it's a little bit more flashy and less less like um like it felt less like look at look at the way that Zuran R Batman is kicking his leg out right here. Look at this slash. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't feel like a traditional Batman pose. And I like the way that Jimenez differentiates between the two versions in terms of their movements. Mm. Even this, look at look at Batman's leg is like one of his legs is totally out and he's like, you know, very dramatically holding up this sword or whatever. It just looks so different presentation wise. Um, and I really like that. I think the uh, to your point on the failsafe, like failsafe not activating, but uh, he's or the failsafe activating for Zuran R. Even I think that makes sense because Zuran R. Therein made that failsafe for himself. Like I feel like then let's say there was a, a deeper level to even Zuran R. That version of whatever that batman would probably create a failsafe for that version and so on and so forth that that to me made sense that's I can not see what i said no, no no but i'm saying like i i can see your point on how it diminishes the 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 strength of zuran r because he's he's not being pulled in to defeat this uh this villain necessarily but i think uh, for me like logistically and logically it made sense that all right yeah like there was the moment where i'm gonna stab him in the joint right because that's what like who would who would prep that oh right me and even worse me as a as zero r batman yeah what i was saying was that failsafe never activated when batman killed people allegedly before so why'd it happen now plot I don't I thought it was just that. as I, I thought it was just as simple as that. I thought it was just as simple as it was on the news and like the news was networked correctly to the to the uh I guess the Batman's home internet network so it went over to failsafe. I don't know. Like that's that's the only thing that that really made sense to me. What do you think this thing is made out of though? Like did he just get some like vibranium somehow? Like what, what why yeah. can't they why can't anyone break this robot? It's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's the DC equivalent of of adamantium? Also, you know that guy's gonna have a piece of kryptonite in him somewhere. Oh, you're oh, you're so right. (gasps) Huh? I didn't even think about that. Open up a panel. Like, oh, there's a kryptonite because there's a failsafe for. Right. This whole thing is like, oh, I know what Batman's gonna do. It's 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 layered. It's gotta someone's gotta do something uh, unexpected. That was good, Tyler. Okay. So Batman's going to hug Failsafe, and that'll shut him down. <laughs> I'm giving it up. Well, yeah, so um, definitely a pull. I think it's a good, it's it's a very good comic. Um, but uh, I I would have preferred to see the Zurinar um, Batman brought out for an occasion that feels a little bit more... Um, dramatic and dynamic than this sure that's fair let's talk about immortal x-men number six this is the second judgment day tie-in that we've gotten in this book um 
basically we are seeing a lot of what happened in 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 axe judgment day number four three four three um yeah uh from different angles a lot of stuff that was happening while the events of that book were going on um it presents them in a different light and we see some of the judgments uh the progenitor which is the Celestial that was created by the Eternals, Tony Stark, Sinister. It is judging everyone on Earth. And we see a few of those go down, which is pretty cool. Uh, we get confirmation. Oh, I should say the uh, creative team here, of course, is... Uh, where, where are we at? There we go. Kieran Gillen, uh, Lucas Wernick, and uh, Daniel Curiel. Um, the we get some confirmation on a few things so first of all we get confirmation that uh destiny indeed did lie she lied to the other mutants about what was going to happen and that was one of the points of contention here when we were discussing this uh when we reviewed that book because i was like wait a second destiny just lied to everybody Mm mm-hmm you know, and and that's a that's a major deal, and I, and this is why Marco, I love tie-ins because there would not be enough time to delve into all of this in uh, in that book proper, but here we can spend more time with it, and this will pay dividends in the future, still from a story perspective, uh, as we continue on with the X Men's journey. So I, I I appreciate that about it. Mm, that's fair. The, the 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 i think the judging moments um they were executed well but those are the only things that i ended up caring about in this issue i was a lot cooler on this one compared to i think exodus was last week or, yes. or last month rather yeah um and i was really really high on this one but uh, sebastian shaw is a character i didn't i don't really care for He's there in the background uh, for most of what's been going on beyond Marauders. And so since I haven't been picking that book up, I don't know where he's at necessarily. I don't know how his character's been developed. And um, this just kind of felt a little, I think, emptier. The the only moments where I'm like, oh, actually Sebastian's pretty cool is when he helps Exodus with his judgment. The big hell monster, that was cool. Um, but otherwise, like him just making dealings I wasn't too, uh, uh, his, his judgment didn't get me. I don't know who Frost is, so it didn't have a connection there. Uh, uh yeah, I was pretty you low. You know who Emma Frost is? What? No, he means, uh, I'm assuming he's referring to the other dude that, uh, no, talking no. About the, is, who are is you that, talking about? Oh, is that Emma Frost who's judging him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like some other person, Frost. Because I feel like he calls her Emma. No. Nah, no, he's, he, it's it's Emma right there, and then he says, "You think I respect Frost?" Oh, I thought it was a totally different person. I didn't think that was Emma. Okay, in that case, even less so. I I agree with him. I don't I don't think he has respect for who else does he care about realistically. Uh, okay. Uh, where are you at, Tyler? I kind of, I kind of dug this one. Um, I like how Shaw's our POV character for once. I, I feel like we don't get that often. Um, we get plenty of Shaw, but as a POV, not often. Um, and I like how his whole, his whole gambit here is that 
he knows he's going to be judged. Why? He knows he's going to be judged uh, uh, as, as uh, not worthy. So he's assuming his fate already. So he's like, why, do, why should I even do anything to try and change that? Um, and in the process of that, there's a hint of, of, uh, of, I guess, there's a hint that Shaw respects Emma because she's the one that shows up as the person that, uh, that he would respect most and that would judge him. Um, and the, the, I guess the, the ink, the, 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 inf uh, what they are, they're inferring here, I guess is the way to describe it, is that Shaw kind of respects Emma because she does things for the children. And it's something that he keeps buried deep inside that he will never, ever admit. And he actually makes a bit of a, an action on it here, but it's the most Shaw way possible. And you know, he's going to fuck everything up. So, mm -hmm. like, even when you can see it there, there might be some honor left in Shaw somewhere deep in there. He's not going to go about it the right way. And I'm excited <laughs> for that. It is cool seeing um, this character that was introduced in, uh, I believe it was Legion of X or whatever it is now. Uh, Mother Superior. Oh, um, yeah. Coming up again in a different book. So, I guess she, she's got some pull. So. I I thought this was another great book, uh, yeah, another great, great installment in uh, Immortal X Men. Um, I think I was a little more down on five, but I think this issue picked it right back up because you know it's been the interpersonal drama with the X Men that has really driven a lot of the stuff in the Krakoan Age, and Destiny has proven to be uh, an amazing addition to all of this. She was a specter over the books for about a year uh and then she was introduced as a proper character a year or two whatever it was and then she was introduced as a proper character when they when mystique resurrected her and it's been crazy ever since she came back and now we have different dimensions to her than we did before because now we know she's a liar she lied to all the council and then on top of that she lied to mystique right here she told she told mystique and others that she was judged by her mother but she was judged by Mystique. That's who the progenitor came to her as. Um, and that's a big deal. So I really appreciated all that stuff. Uh, and Shaw, wow. I, I've always been a fan of Shaw ever since the X-Men animated series. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect to like him so much in the books. But I think he's a great character. Getting to see what his childhood was like added layer and depth to a character that I think desperately needed it. Um, I thought that was all right. Uh, I thought that was all really good. Um, the fact that he brings the million to burn it to keep his father in hell—that was a, that's a ball. King moment. Petty, right there. King Petty. That yep. was good. That was good. Uh, and um, even him trying to kind of maybe turn the other cheek, or not turn the other cheek, but turn a new leaf and do the right thing. We know it's not going to happen. It's like, oh, Shaw. <laughs> um, and the judgment, you know, seeing Emma to me, that made perfect sense yeah. because, uh, yeah, in his brain, in his conscious mind, he doesn't think he has any respect for Emma at all, but he clearly does, you know, she's a beast. She is a, she is in, in his perfect world. He'd probably be with Emma because she is exactly what he idealizes in a woman, the same kinds of, um, things that he has and, and the things that he admires about himself, she also has. But the things that he wishes he had, 
she has like the care for people the mm-hmm. care for humans uh the ability to not always be the worst person in the room those mm-hmm. are things that he wishes he could be but he can't because of who his dad was but she's got them and so in his subconscious he does respect her and that's why she's the one who the progenitor appeared to him as it's also like that is who he wants to be but he'll never admit that to himself either exactly it's that's like why he, it's he so almost good. doesn't even know it too it's right. just like built into him subconsciously mm-hmm. which is probably why he wanted to make her his you know subservient you know back during the hellfire club exactly it's and i think of, that's that's how that goes yep that's how that goes you meet a woman who's better than you i'm going to make her worse than me i'm going to i'm going to put her in the mud cuz i can't be what she is that's unfortunately what a lot of awful men like uh, Shaw do. And uh, I love that this book highlighted that. Um, I thought this was a great comic. On most weeks, this would have been my, my pick of the week. And I did not expect to feel that way about the Sebastian Shaw issue. Wow. Okay. Um, the art remains good. It's hard to talk about the art just because... You know, we are six issues deep and it's been, you know, it's not a revelation. You know, um, Wernick is not breaking any mold, but I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, the the half mystique, half like weird monster uh, portrayal uh, mm-hmm. earlier on is really cool. The hell sequence looks really good. That demon that he drew, that was all really cool. Was that the I think good stuff. <laughs> The I don't Krampus. Know what that was. It looked like the Krampus. It had like the chain and everything. It's it's, it's kidnapping someone. It's got like two the, horns. The goat head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting Krampus yeah. vibes. That was cool. Am I nuts? Did that really happen? I, I think it does yeah. happen. But it's like a psychic effect, similar to how the main, you know, when they tried to kill the. Um, technically, it happens, but it's more of a psychic attack. Sure, yeah. But but how do other people see it, though? I was thinking that this was a part of the judgment. Right, but but isn't the judgment, like, psychic to Tyler's point? I think this is a part of Shaw's judgment. Oh, He doesn't realize it, but this is all his judgment. Interesting, okay. So by by viewing, viewing exoduses. This is, I don't even know if this is representing Exoduses. This is just strictly Shaw's. This is in my mind. I'm, I, this is mm. what I got out of it, that these situations are Shaw being faced with a version of, a different version of judgment and passing or failing. This is all happening in his own mind because not even everyone who's there is a psychic if they were all if they were all under this attack, they're not yeah. even all psychics. So how could they participate? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to like marry those two because I'm like, wait, but not everybody can see this. I don't understand how people are reacting to it necessarily. And then for Shaw to have this actual physical reaction to it, that was a little was a little weird. Okay. I think they do happen outside because um, the other times we've seen it, they've been um, when people are have been alone, like like uh, destinies. But when Shaw is having his thing going on, you can see another person, I guess, like a, like a civilian getting judged outside where he's like trying to steal a TV or something. Really? Um, so I think these things happen 
And, and like when Cap got judged, he was lifted up in front of everyone. You can see him being judged by everyone. So that's right. That's right. I do okay. think it. I do think that it it is visible when someone gets judged. They're like it's just not everyone's judgment is as grandiose as you know Exodus is. You know, like sure. Kitty's was. She's like, yeah, I I got judged and it was quick, and I passed. You know, but hmm. okay. Dig it. Yeah, this was good stuff. Um, Which is the next issue for this one? For Mortal? Good question. Uh, uh, after six is seven. Ha ha. Good stuff. I was I was rooting for eight, but, you know. I'm not all the way sure. Uh, I'm not all the way oh, sure. Oh, it looks like Nightwing. I mean Nightwing, like uh, uh, Nightcrawler. He's okay. on the cover. I fuck with that. Yeah, it could be good. I love a Nightcrawler story. Um, let me see. The uh, the Sinister Secret says, seems Nightcrawler, or, jeez, okay, hold on. Uh, it says, which blue mutant is going to see red? That's the Sinister Secret question. Yeah. So, so Nightcrawler's going to get pissed off next week, next month. It's a Nightcrawler-focused or- issue, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's the one who's going to see red. It could be Mars too, something related to what happened with Uranus. Mm, true. Yeah. For this one, it was: Is an island nation going to be destroyed? Maybe, but don't worry, it's not ours. Oh, Iceland. That's funny. So good stuff. Uh, we have one more book to go. This was the listener pick this week. Um, Alien number one. Shout out to Manny. And shout out to Nihilus, uh, who who voted for this over on Discord. Um, so this is Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, Julius Ota, and uh, Yen Nitro. This is volume two. So this is, I'm assuming, a direct follow-up to Philip Kennedy Johnson's first volume on uh, Alien. I believe he got 12 issues with that. Um, first of all, I had to read this on Comixology. I mentioned this at the top. I despise the experience. This is brutally bad. Um, like, web, right? I, yeah, web, yes. And boy, oh boy, like, they got to figure this shit out. You can't even, you can't, like, zooming in is a hassle. Um, you have to, like, drag it around to handle the zoom. But if you press the wrong thing, it's just going to turn the page. It's just it. It feels it doesn't feel intuitive. Every other web viewer I've ever used um, feels like they trained me to do things a certain way, and then this one upends all of that. But we've all done. We've all used web viewers. We all have had that experience. So this one just feels clunky by comparison. But I won't hold that against the comic book. Um, you know, I really didn't get a, a whole lot out of this. They're apparently super-powered synthetic uh, individuals now in the alien verse. I don't know if I don't know if that's a a new thing based on no. the comics or or the what. I haven't the, seen um... the alien movies. I saw the oh, first. Okay, one. all right. Well, then, then I won't speak anymore. Because, oh, well, in the first one, what's his face? Remember the milk comes all out of his body. He's the the cyborg that uh, Waylon Yutani implanted into. He was the one that, you know, yeah, tries to like, was like, oh, let the humans die or whatever. But wasn't he like a, they, like, because there was, I think there was one even in the movie Prometheus, right? That was, yeah, uh, that was this Michael guy's Fassbender. character. 
Yeah, but they, yeah. they don't have powers, right? They just they're just androids. They're, they're super strong. Yeah. They're strong. Yeah, they're super strong and they can be agile. These people fly. That's different. That I thought they were just different. jumping really high. That's what I was getting out of it. I wasn't getting flying. She was in the clouds, bro. Yeah, was it was a, that, that was genuinely kind of a lot. It's like early Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Leaps and bounds. Uh, and there's some general trying to convince them the government has done them wrong in some form or fashion. And there is a general trying to recruit them to help them uh, because there is a planet that is about to be radiated. And they need to find some anti-radiation. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, not, not, not let, know, let's not stop remedy. the radiation. Let's just yeah. make it so people can survive the radiation. Right. The toxic, yeah. deadly levels of radiation. Typical um, capitalism just wants the people to suffer through it. You know, like we still need them there to work. <laughs> yeah, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, I love the world of Alien so far. Uh, it's, it's, it's really bleak and dark and terrible i don't know how much i cared for this particular issue though this was different because the original the original philip kennedy johnson stuff dealt with so if you read like the the blurbs it was in the the previous in 20 2200 is where that stuff happened and then in 22 is where like the second arc of Philip Kennedy Johnson stuff happened, where there's like a separate um, mining space, and and that stuff was cool. That that they they brought you in into the world by bringing a lot of old characters from the movies back, and you being able to sort of attach yourself. Mm. But because this was so divorced from that stuff, I uh, and and to your point on like it feels like they had like superpowers because they were just jumping around and doing shit. That felt a little. Uh, a little more wacky than what I'm used to, even in these books, because that didn't feel like uh, like we, we don't we don't get the the semblance even of aliens quite yet. Like we get you know glimpses and and whatnot, mm-hmm. but typically, and the way that Philip Kennedy Johnson was did it in the, his first arc, it was a slow burn and there was like character development. This just felt like action, 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 and I didn't appreciate that as much as some of the the more nuanced stuff he was doing in his first arc. And even in the second arc. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board. I read the first it was at least the first issue of the alien stuff. And um I really liked it a lot more than this because it was more cerebral, it was more personal. Um and I love the Whalen Yutani organization as this like extremely disgusting peak post-capitalism capitalist monster that has taken over everything including other planets like it's so bad right like the world sucks the worlds suck and the root of the alien crisis is literally capitalism run amok that's a phenomenal premise and i don't like the idea of that getting bogged down with like frivolous action sequences um but Philip Kennedy Johnson is super talented, so I feel like this will this will kind of you know bounce back. Um, but you know you're right, yeah, it was just action, 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 superpowers, flying, killing. That's not that compelling. For me, like I don't ask for much out of an alien book. I don't ask for much out of like an IP book, honestly. 
Um, but you got, what, two pages of actual Xenomorph action in this? Mm. And, like, that's just... That's not, not acceptable for me if I'm reading a book called Alien, you know? Like, I think the promise that, like, these super-powered cyborgs will then be fighting these aliens, and it's going to be, like, a very comic booky version of Alien, sure, that is exciting to potentially see down the road. But you didn't give me any of that in this issue, so, like... Uh, you know, it's not what I want right now. Like, I know I might be getting it two, three issues down the line, but I'm not getting it yet. So what's the point? Well, yeah. I'm impatient other, when it comes to this, I guess. The other thing is that, you know, we just got the Predator number one. Yeah. Which That's was right. awesome. Mm -hmm. So compare that to this, and this feels, this feels more like what I expect to read when I read an IP book, whereas Predator felt like, it is what I want them to be like. Yeah, very much so. Sean, who was the artist on this one again? Oh, this was um, this was uh, Julius Ulta. Yeah, so I, I did like the art. I was a fan of the art. Uh, I liked how it wasn't, um, what was it before, La Roca previously? Yes. It was, yeah, La Roca. Which is super photo referencey. Like, this felt like a comic book, you know what I mean? Um. And it, which is what I praise, like, the Kev Walker art for being a Predator. It wasn't trying to be the movie in comic book form. It was trying to be a comic book first. Um, it's a little cartoony. Uh, again, the very superhero, superhero poses throughout this. Um, yeah. But it wasn't what I expected out of an alien book, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It was kind of surprising. I was expecting LaRocca, you know, um, and not seeing that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with this. It it felt a little, um, I forgot what we were talking about, which book, but there was something I mentioned felt a little waxy and like a little shiny. And this felt very like that. I think I was mentioning like the early 2000s Marvel shit. It, it, this gave me that same vibe. And I was like, mm, I'm not about this. I, I think it was I, early McNiven art is what we were referencing, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not about this. Everybody's just like has moisturizer on or some shit or like some wax because they're just shiny for no reason. This kind of reminded me of, maybe I'm crazy here, Tyler, but it kind of reminded me of the ult, like not the Ultimates, but like Ultimate Comics, um, in terms of some of the some of the acts of the some of the art, um, the colors. I don't think the colors did Julius any favors. Mm -hmm. um, I think the sure. actual drawings are are pretty good. I like some of the poses. I think they're strong. Um, there aren't many interesting decisions as far as panels go, and that's always disappointing sure. to me. It's yeah. all pretty straightforward. Um, but I think the colors just, I don't know, they make it look a little bit too bright and light for what's supposed to be, you know, a, a pretty shit situation. Yeah. Alien, it typically is black, gray, brown, and dark green, and red yeah. for the blood. And maybe the, the most color you get is alien blood. That's about it. Um, this was a very colorful comic. Yeah. But again, maybe bucking the trends, yeah. so maybe it's purposeful in that way. I'm okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say pass. Honestly, this isn't my kind of book. Um, mm, me too. I, I'm sure there's more context for these synth superpowered synthetics that makes them more interesting to you, but without that context, for me, they were pretty paper thin, and I didn't care about any of them. I have no clue what a single one of their names was. 
um, or what kind of people they were. I, I really don't know. And I find that I don't care, unfortunately. Um, and that's something that surprises me coming from a Philly, Philly, Philip Kennedy Johnson book, because I do think that he has a knack for that. So um, this was a little bit of a disappointment for me, and I will say pass. I I think I'm going to say pass as well. I, I liked the, the first arc. The second arc wasn't as strong, but this, to your point on following the androids, I don't care about that. Like there's little, there's less risk there because they're not even people. They're, they're going to fight up against an alien where I can kind of see them squaring off. And that's not a position you want your character should be when you're facing an alien. You want them to be terrified and in constant danger because that's going right. to get your heart, heart racing. And if this is the premise out the gate, I don't know. Nah, I, I, I might get one more issue just to see where he goes because I, uh, uh, Johnson has my, uh, he has my trust. He's earned that. So I'll at least give it one more issue. But beyond that, I don't know. I'd say pass for anybody else who's not directly interested in Alien or Philip Kennedy Johnson. It's it's my issue. It's the reason why I like Alien bef- uh, over Aliens um, because Alien is a horror movie, and Aliens an action thriller movie. Um, I prefer my Xenomorphs to be horror. Yes, um, and that's not what this book is. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one as well. Wow, it's one of, a, a rare unanimous pass on this podcast. Uh, and I'm sure if Kale were here, he would also pass. Oh, so. most definitely. I'd be surprised if he actually read it. Yeah, well, <laughs> he didn't read anything this week. Uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate the submission, the listener submission. Uh, every single week, we will have a slot for the listeners to write in. Let us know what you guys would like us to read. Um, and, you know, if enough of you vote for it or if we're really interested in it, we will choose your book. Um, so please keep those coming. Any comment section is a good place to put your pick. doesn't matter where it is. It's best if it's on our Discord server, but if it's not going to be there, that's fine. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you get us, YouTube, it doesn't matter. Uh, We appreciate all that. And so that's it for the reviews, but the show's not over because we still have Comics Tag and Pals Pulls proper. Comics Tag is where one of us gets to tag one of the other members of the show with a book that they have to read and then present their thoughts. And then that gives that person the power to tag someone else. I tagged Marco with reading Warren Ellis' Thunderbolts uh, first, second issue, however much you can get through. Uh, What did you read and what did you think? So I made it through the first issue and uh, I dug the art. I dug the premise. I'm... I'm a fan of Ellis, uh, his writing, and uh, good, good the, catch. And and Mike Diodato, um, I've recently been turned on to with a few of his AWA stuff. So easy, easy uh, win for me. And the way it opens with Bullseye being an absolute psychopath, and then the reveal that oh, there's another sociopath who's putting this team together. I was like, oh shit stuff's gonna get fucked up like stuff's gonna go down and stuff's gonna happen there are gonna be consequences here and the the way that all of these characters have been put together um, i'm not as familiar with the this new venom penance from um which we call it civil war uh radioactive man don't know but uh 
the the psychiatrist woman and i'm forgetting her name it's not songbird moonstone, uh, moonstone. moonstone. yeah my favorite love yeah. moonstone diabolical oh dude she seems diabolical yeah, and she's great that that hooked me i was like oh okay she's gonna be like the real leader here and she has to balance so many personalities and she knows which one she can like toy with which one she can control and then she knows which ones are actually going to be like something of an opposition to her very well done i thought that was really cool and really engaging the first issue got me for sure um i have the i have the full trade so i'm, I'm gonna finish it up but um out the gate oh and then um rick flag is it right uh no rick no flag not rick flag uh jack, jack flag. flag jack yeah. flag jack flag jack flag that whole that whole bit where he's just like he just wants to continue to be a hero and he has a family to consider and he's going to like say goodbye to her for the sake of his heroism okay cool i, I like these characters there are stakes here there the, the characters have individual motivations and i can only imagine that that's going to continue to uh, progress throughout the story and develop so uh thumbs up on my end man. that's just good stuff sean again another banger thank you i'm glad you enjoyed it i i try I, um tyler is it just me or did it sound like marco was going to say he didn't like it when that first started up oh that's that's what i got too i was like what what yeah. the the vibe you started off with it threw me off i was like yeah, it's impossible it was... not to at least enjoy this right like, like, that would i can be see nuts. it not being um, someone's bag but like it's it's good the very next time that i have the the the, the ability to vote which is the next uh book club vote uh, this is a done deal i'm putting thunderbolts on and i hope Fair. it wins because i'm i'm for myself am dying to read this again tyler i'm sure you would love a reread marco hasn't read it before i'm not sure kale status um this is one of the few books i've reread multiple times it's brilliant it's like an every other uh, year sort of thing for me Tyler, let me ask you this. As the Thunderbolts aficionado, the one in the world, uh, is this the best Thunderbolts run of all time? Uh, it's up there, but honestly, I'm, I'm, I really like Jeff Parker's run. Okay. Uh, all right. It's, it's different. It's a different flavor. Um, yeah. My gut says yes. Um. But it's non-traditional Thunderbolts, really. Because like yeah. the original stuff is a little more Avengers adjacent. Like you know, these guys are bad off the bat, you know. Right. And they're like the worst of the worst. This, this whole book is whole. This whole run is a house of cards waiting to fall down, and each card is a mass murderer. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah, that's exactly um, how it, it it feels like. That's how the team's getting stacked up to be. And yep. It, it, to something that we had talked about, I think last week's for for Thunderbolts. Last week, I can see. The distinction i i can see where where you guys and where i think where kale in particular as well was getting frustrated um and he's in chat he was also waiting for a butt on on my end um it, it he was waiting for your butt <laughs> he, he he also thought i was gonna uh, be negative on this uh, uh, down down on this book and i i can understand the frustration because the the the, the murderous intent is gone the danger is gone it is very corporate and marketing. And that was the thing that interested me. But now with this context, I'm like, oh, shit, that this is such, such a deviation from that, that I can understand why somebody would be frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I but now you. you now you have the power 
And so who will you tag and with what? Okay, so the original plan was to uh, tag Kale with lock and key, but then he's, he he but then he he bowed out, couldn't do it. He's here. And I was like, all right, <laughs> he's here. Yeah, he's here. You can tag him right now, and he can do his tag. Oh, next you're week. right. You know what, Kale? Have you read Lock and Key? I feel like you haven't. He doesn't get to respond. Yeah, he he's here, it. but he doesn't get to respond. He he read it. Lock and Key. Yeah, he said he said he 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 said he said it in chat, and I I thought that I thought as much. That seems like a Kale book. Oh damn. Okay. Do you want me to be honest? Have you read it? I've never read it. Yeah, I haven't okay. read it either. All right. You know what? I'll tag uh, Sean. If you want to tag along, you can you can do so optional as well. Tag, optional tag. Optional tag. Optional tag. Okay. But Tyler, lock and key. First volume. Okay. It's on Comics Edge Unlimited. You yeah. Get yeah. I'm baby. pretty sure I have it downloaded on Unlimited already. Yeah. First volume. Oh, sorry. I mean, I I think you're gonna get it being gross. Genuinely, I think you're gonna be engrossed. I've, to I've literally had my friends who don't read comics tell me I need to read Lock and Key. So yeah, yeah, it's funny. When I worked Very at Barnes good. and Noble, that was like the book everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Lock and Key is good." And this was a decade ago. Um, or I'm like, "No, I only read superhero books. What are you talking about? I read Thunderbolts." This Not a loser. Shit. What is it like, Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, so that's the tag. Tyler will report back next week with his thoughts on lock and key number one. Um, but we've still got to tell you guys our pulls. These are the books that we are looking forward to next week. Some amount of these will be reviewed on the show, so you never know. Tyler, take it away. I'm picking up X-Men Red number six because that X-Men Red number five was a friggin' doozy. That was the uh, the Uranus issue. Yeah. Um, so this is more of the fallout of it. Um, so uh, excited for that for sure. Um, and I also want to check out Midnight Suns number one. Um, a, uh, it's a new team and it has magic on it. It has magic and Nico Minoru. Like, it doesn't matter awesome. what else is happening. Like, the those two alone. Yeah, those two alone, I'm in. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. Uh, Sean, Spider Man number nine. Amazing Spider Man number nine. Hey, uh, I'm really enjoying this series. I know some people are down on it. There was some conversation in our Discord about it this week. Uh, I think it's been really good. Um, the tombstone stuff was phenomenal. You know, you can't, can't always be green goblin guys. It can't always be venom or, you know, one of them or doc Ock. Sometimes you have to work with the lesser villains and what you do is what, and what happened in this run. And what I'm so happy about is you take one of those villains, you dust them off and you come up with an interesting angle. You know what I'm saying? And you make them good. You make them you know, you if, if Tombstone is a C list villain, we did our rankings. I don't I think he ended up in B tier. But C. You know, if if you think of him in your mind as a C list villain, he's been dormant, you dust him off and you say, Okay, we're gonna raise him up to B. And I think that's what happened. Do you know about what's happening in this issue though? No, I haven't even read the uh so listen. Uh, there's a reason why Wolverine's on the cover and there's an X-Men logo on the cover that has a Hellfire Oh, this gala. is the tie-in. This is the tie-in. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. This is the Moira issue. Yeah. No, this is good. So that's even more, been... more of a reason for you to want that. Yeah, I'm hyped. This is, this is good stuff. So I, I've been loving it. And Daredevil, number uh, three. They went from, like, what, 650 last issue to three. <laughs> Gotta reset. Gotta reset. You know, we reviewed Chip Zdarsky's Batman this week, Batman 127. That's been great. 
Uh, and Daredevil is similarly great. Daredevil is, you know, a really strong book still. It's the same creative team telling the same story. Daredevil and Elektra are rebuilding the fist. And they are going to collide. The, the, colli the collision course with Punisher is set. It's only a matter of time. And they're going to give Punisher the fist. So we'll see. Uh, nice. Uh, Marco, silver coin number 14. This one is by Pornsack. Pornsack Pinochet. Pinochet. Yep. And, and that's why uh, we read for one of our book clubs, Infidel. I've read and that. I've, it's very good. Real good. The Good yeah. Asian, also really good. And so, you know, he has he has creds for me as a writer and teaming up with Michael Walsh, bound to be good. And the solicit, Lauren and Darren were working through their issues when a bad year hit. 2020 was when the world caught fire, where their relationship went to hell, and when a strange coin pushed things one step further. Easy. Oh boy. Money. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, and then uh, this book that I totally forgot was coming out, uh, The uh, Bone Orchard Mythos, uh, 10,000 Black Feathers, number one, by Jeff Lemire, Andreas Martino, and Dave Stewart. The creative team's right there. Easy pick. I, I didn't read The Bo Bone Orchard Mythos book proper that came out because it was like 17 bucks for like 60 pages or something it was some ridiculous amount um i was gonna wait for it to yeah. go on sale and pick it up uh but this is its own single issue 32 pages you know for uh, 3.99 fine I'll, I'll check out what they have to say and uh I, I enjoy this team very much so so i'm i'm happy to pick it up and those are our polls because kale's not here so Rip. all right awesome thank you guys for listening let us know what you want us to read on the show next week. Send in your requests. We have to have a cutoff date now. The cutoff date is Wednesday. Let us know by Wednesday what book you want us to check out on this upcoming episode of Pals Pulls, which you can catch live, if you would like, on twitch.tv slash thecomicspals every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can watch the main show every single Saturday live at 10 15 a.m eastern uh it is going to be an interesting weekend uh d23 is happening so tyler and i will be covering that stuff uh, we'll be telling you guys sort of you know what has happened up to that point maybe a little bit of speculation about what might happen that night who knows maybe we'll follow up with something a little later on we, uh, we might to, have to, uh, uh video game news that's what's happening tomorrow night so cool yeah so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, some other stuff too. So tune into the main show for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys and get access to our newsletter and a whole host of other cool things. So give that uh, give that website a, a look. And, uh, you know, if you if you like what you see, join join on board. Uh, youtube.com slash the comics pals like the video share it with your friends subscribe to the channel all that's free to do helps us out a lot more than it costs you and uh our book club batman white knight and curse of the white knight that's out right now go show that some love uh check that out with that that's it that's the show we are the comics pals signing off until next time take care guys see you next week stole this bit <laughs>